And I'm Lindsay. We're college friends who've recently reconnected and realized that we have a ton of things in common. We love to challenge ourselves to be the best we can be. I'm the girl who says whatever I'm thinking, unapologetically myself, all the time. And I'm a lot more reserved, but we get authentic and vulnerable during these powerful conversations. The goal of this podcast is that you will laugh, cry, and realize that you're not alone in your struggles or your dreams. We hope these conversations will challenge you to live a braver, more authentic life. Welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. Again, this is our second podcast episode of 2023. Um, Jody, how are you today? Linz, it's a Monday. We're recording on a yeah. Monday, right? And I think very early on a Monday. Very early on a Monday, and we're both feeling very Monday-ish. But I'm so excited. I'm so, so, so excited about this episode and just excited to see your face again. I missed you. Yeah. I missed you. Yeah. So we have news. If anyone is not following us on Instagram, we saw each other in real life for the first time in 15 years, we think. Yeah, because it was my wedding and my anniversary is 15. So 14 and a half years because 14 and a half years. Crazy. So I, um, my husband booked our trip. Um, so, uh, we're from Washington state. Um, I have family in like the Portland area and we have lots of friends up in the Seattle area and he booked our trip. We thought for new year's Eve to January 6th. And then I found out he booked it for longer. (laughs) We were like, Oh, we have all this extra time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So that's what happens when he books a trip when I'm out of town and I just have no idea what's going on. But, um, so yeah, we had all this extra time and I was, you know, Jody and I have that Marco Polo app and we message all, or, you know, send each other messages all the time. And she's like, I just want to see you. And I was like, okay, we can make this happen now. We have like three or four extra days in the Northwest. And so I messaged her husband, Jonathan, and we planned a surprise and it was so fun. It was so fun. We took the ferry from Port Angeles, Washington up to Victoria, BC and you just went along with it. I was actually thinking how like sweet and kind you were about that whole trip because you'd just come off hockey tournaments. Your family was in town and he's like, let's just go over to Victoria. And you're like, okay. No, in my head, I don't. this is annoying. Why are we doing this? But I was like, your husband's being romantic. Your husband's being sweet. Don't be a cow. And he actually said that he said to me, Cause when he first said, we're going to do something, I was like, yeah, we've just, we're going to be just getting back. This is like my only time off. And I was supposed to be working that morning, only like 6am to 9am um, Pacific time. Cause the West, the East coast is who I work for basically. And so I was <laughs> super annoyed, told all my girlfriends, I don't know what he has planned, but then, um, best surprise ever, like literally so fun. I was like, it's funny because I was making a reel and then kept waiting for more pictures and then never posted my reel. So I need to go back and finish that. But it was probably the highlight, one of the very highlights of my year. It was so shocking. And I think too, like, I feel like when you go through times with friends that are really stressful in college, there's like a certain bond that comes from that. And Dan, your husband was one of my dear friends in like that first year of college where you're just like so confused about like who you are and everything that's happening. And so I have such a like 
like a deep brotherly love for him that to be able to see him too was just so special. And then for my husband to be able to meet him and then our kids were so funny together. Like it just could (laughs) not have been better, but wow. I was so happy that that was the surprise. I had it figured out. Like by the time we got to where we were, I thought we were going whale watching, which I love. I love being on a boat. I love that. So, but I was like, are we going to Bouchard gardens? Like I never care about crap like that. All the things I could think of were kind of like romantic-ish things. And then, but our kids were there. So it was very confusing, but turned out to be like the most epic surprise of all time. And I was so honored too, that you would drive two hours, get your kids out of bed at 5 a.m., drive two hours, take a ferry, like that sort of like time and money sacrifice too, just makes a friend feel so special and loved, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was worth it. It was so fun. It was so fun. And now I just wish that I could have you in my kitchen all the time, which I can't, but I love you. And we're excited to <laughs> together. And I, I knew you were really busy. You just got back. Like, when did you get back from Washington? We got back just a couple of days ago. So late Friday night and it's Monday morning. So, well, the podcast is, comes out on a Wednesday. So, right, yes. um, yeah. So it was just a, a crazy weekend of like doing laundry and, you know, trying to get our lives back in order, buying groceries because we were gone for 10 days. So today is like the official start of Gina Livy. It's my kids went back to school. I got up early and did all the things on my, you know, <laughs> on my list of all my new disciplines. All of them have everything happened today. So that's a funny thing. Something I would say, quick tips for people traveling. My friend Heidi does a grocery order like the day before she returns home and has it like set to pick up at the perfect time, which is so smart. I've never done. She does it when she goes on holidays too. Like she flies to a new place, orders groceries in that place on their way from the airport, picks them up, drives to their place. And she's just so organized. And I wash all my laundry before I leave my Airbnb. So I always go home with clean laundry, which is another just a little yeah. tip. Those things make a huge difference. But yes, totally. it is January. I have to say, I knew that with Gina Libby kicking off this week, this really feels like my January one. Um, mm-hmm. I also do realize that there's a lot of value in easing into it. So as much as last week, I, I know what happens in the Gina Libby program because I've done it. Um, but I did eat a lot of pecan pie bars in between. Like I would be like, okay, you should get rid of these. And usually I know like, you're not a compost bin. You can just dump them in the compost bin, you know, but I did eat them. They are gone now. I finished them yesterday. Um, so anyway, <laughs> super excited to be here. Yeah. Excited to get back at it. I was feeling really foggy last week. Like I had goals, but I had not made tangibles to them. Like I had things I wanted to attain this year, but getting yeah. ready for this podcast helped me get my head like in order. And I am going to be a successful person going forward from today. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. I think you can have these like ideas of like, I just want to be better. or I just want to be, you know, stronger. But if you don't yeah. come up with a plan and work on that plan, then you're, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you totally. have to have a plan for how to achieve those goals. So um, how was your first week of January? It was just... I, what I realized was, which made me want to record on this topic. Like I just floated. 
I floated yeah. through the week and I was like, wow, this is how someone feels if they didn't create a tangible list. I know how to do that, but I knew I had time. But yeah. then I was like, you know what? I want to put up a, an episode telling people, okay, you have a vision. Where do you go next? So I kind of wanted to go through how I break down. Like I have a life vision that I wrote in 2017, but I kind of have it broken down into like soul, body, mind. And then like something like I have this podcast as it doesn't really fit into those, but it's like a fulfillment thing. This podcast fulfills me, makes me very happy. Um, but every year I make, I have my devotions every day. I have things that I do. So people might not know what devotions are for me. It's like reading, um, some Bible verses, maybe writing in a prayer journal. And it could be like, usually I have a book that I'm like loosely reading through and I take about 45 minutes in the morning. Um, but this year I wanted to, so I have all those things I do all the time. Like just cause I'm not going to talk about drinking water. That's still one of my habits that I'm stacking other healthy things on top of. Um, but my spiritual one this year is I'd like to read through the Bible chronologically told you I might bail on that. I don't know. I've done it. I've read through it before. Um, but I'm going to try it chronologically and see how I feel about it. I want to do a prayer walk around the neighborhood and specifically at my kids' school each week. And then I want to fast and pray for my kids and their friends. So yeah, that's spe the specifics of how I want to grow in my faith walk. And then with my body, I decided I normally don't set a goal because something like I want to talk about a little bit is some people are better under pressure. And with my last Gina Livy programs, I didn't set a number. I was like, nope, you're just going to just going to follow the program and see what happens. Um, but now that I kind of know what happens, I want to get off diet Coke because that works with all of my, um, chemical goals. I want to lose 15 pounds and I want to do weights five days a week, but small and consistent weightlifting just to support my skeletal system. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all of that sounds great. I'm not doing all of those things. I'm <laughs> doing some different things. Um, but yeah, that, those are, I feel like good, healthy and attainable goals for sure. And I think too, like recognizing that if you don't pour into yourself, you can't pour out. So for me, even yeah. with this podcast, one of my mind goals is I do a personal development book. The power of one more is always my favorite recommendation since I read it last year, but I do, I want to do one, um, usually Ed Milet podcast a week, love that guy and one personal development book a month. And then I'll be done 12 in the year. And then I'm not sure what goals I have around this podcast, because I think we're in the discovery phase, you and I kind of seeing like where we are and what we want to do with that. Um, and then obviously everyone knows I have some big goals around chemicals, which I didn't really list here. Um, but those are very top of mind. And I think I'm, I think something I'm going to do is share the new finds that I have, which feels kind of weird, but I just realized my new lot, my new dishwasher soap is actually better, performs better than my cascade, my healthy stuff that I just bought. And I'm like baffled. Oh, I thought it would be garbage. Right. <laughs> I know cleaning products can be really hard. Yeah. And especially that can be a tough switch. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I think I'm going to start sharing some of that. Um, but yeah. How do you feel about disciplines and like, what do you hope to develop when it comes to this Gina Livy program? I, so I ordered her book, which is not a requirement. If anyone is thinking of joining, I think she still has availability. Um, but I did order the book and I'm just, fascinated by some of the science behind her program that like I didn't know about like I I feel like I'm pretty educated on health and wellness um 
but I mean, I feel like nobody really knows very much about weight loss because there's always so many different programs and it's always such a huge problem in our society. So she just breaks things down so, so easily and simply, but it's so smart. Yeah. And shock because I feel the same as you. I feel like, yeah, I know all the things. And my biggest discovery in my first group was how I've been eating healthy for so many years, but eating way more than my body needed. And I had completely shut off the cues in my mind of like asking myself, how does this portion feel for me? How does this like, you know what I mean? And so I think for me, it's, I think I've realized this is my fourth group and Gina says like, get in and get out, but everybody has a different amount of weight to lose. Right. Mm -hmm. And to be totally vulnerable, which I didn't know if I was going to say this out loud. Um, I was down, like when we recorded about this episode, I was down to 168. The year before I gained eight, yeah, a year ago, I gained eight pounds in the month of December. This year I gained four. So I was sad that I was up four to 172, but my goal is like sort of 148. And I do feel like it's possible, but I was a little sad that I, I don't know. I just really thought you just can't do that and eat so many pecan pie bars. (laughs) (laughs) The reality of all the butter I took in this month and yet it wasn't eight. So it's half of what it was before, but I had really hoped like in between my summer groups, I gained like one pound. And so I was kind of sad, but I have to not be sad about that, you know, and just realize that's why you're doing this so that you can stay accountable and get back on track. Totally. So what are you thinking you're going to learn out of it? Um, I, I definitely don't always listen to my body. So that's something that you talked about a lot in the, you know, when you talked about the program and how it worked for you. And so I don't know if I really know how to do that. <laughs> so I'm really hoping, um, to learn how to do that better. So, yeah. It's almost embarrassing because it's so simple that I felt stupid. Like I'm like, why didn't I ask myself if I could eat, should eat? Like, you know, when you're going out and you're like, it's it's like one o'clock, you've had your lunch and you're looking at your afternoon and you're kind of like, oh, like my, my, my hormones and stuff, I think get out of control in the afternoon. If I, if, but if I bring my vegetable snack and I bring like my little nut snack, I stay totally regulated, even keel, which is the goal that we'll stay in control of how we feel. But so often I like, I'm like, and I just like go out and then I'm, I'm shaky and I'm hungry and I get home and then I'm in the pantry. Like, why wouldn't logic over these years tell me something's wrong with your afternoon routine? Yeah. But it just, it took this program for me to be like, yeah, that's a problem. That's when you unravel every day. I don't really eat at night. I do well in the morning, have my breakfast. My whole thing with this is starting early. I learned from the kids being in baseball that starting early in the day helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, Because one night I had supper at 4.30 and I thought I would certainly die. I'd have to eat at like 8.30 and I was fine because I'd had all my meals and snacks all day. And I was like, you're satisfied. So then when I realized I could do that, bumping, doing my meals a little bit more like an elderly person... (laughs) (laughs) actually made me lose weight. And I was like, wow, like my body loved eating earlier, being done kind of around five o'clock. I was, and I slept better. Like, it's just mind blowing that some, that we, we just are never done. We're never cooked, right? We are learning and growing, but I'm super excited about that. But how do you feel about self-discipline? Like, or discipline even as like 
subject? Like, do you feel relaxed or do you feel like rigid or how are you with it? I, well, I, I feel like this like discipline and kind of um, goal setting comes really naturally for me. It does not come naturally for a lot of people. It seems uh, my husband is one of those people. He has goals for sure. He's, he's very ambitious, but he is not very good with, with like these disciplines or these daily things. He's very like fly by the seat of his pants. And so, um, you know, opposites attract. And I think that's kind of something that we both liked about each other when we first met. It's like, oh, he's so free and fun. And I'm like, <laughs> I have all these like daily goals and like things I want to achieve in a day. And I'm like, productivity is like the most important thing to me. Um, but I just think the, like, when I think of the word discipline, I don't love it. I feel like it has a very negative connotation. Like it makes me think of Catholic school and like nuns hitting kids with rulers. But, <laughs> but um, I, I, I personally don't use the word discipline very often in my life. I think of like routines or rhythms. And so um, that's kind of the mindset that I'm in starting this new year. Um, you know, my kids had three weeks off for winter break, which is insane. I don't, they've never had that long before. Um, and we were traveling and we, you know, we had Christmas and all of these things going on and it like working out and like taking care of myself and all of that just like, honestly, it just didn't happen. I had no, no discipline the last three weeks really. Um, so I'm really excited to get back into it. Like I really, really need it right now. How are you with self-discipline? I feel like I know the answer, but do you like, how, what does, what does discipline mean to you and kind of, how do you feel about it? It's funny because I think years ago, even like I had a negative connotation or negative kind of thoughts about it too. I definitely think the world has negative thoughts about it. Like we should be free. We should be whatever, but there's no freedom in like how you felt the last three weeks. Yeah. You know, that's the funny thing is that the world is, the world is always lying to you. And when I think about discipline, I don't even like to say self-discipline because I'm so sick of that whole self everything movement, but I'm like, discipline makes me great. And then I think about someone who takes discipline too far, like Tiger Woods' parents <laughs> where, you know, so I, I do think of, you know, pro athletes and I often wish that I was one because I just can't even imagine working out being part of my requirements of my job. Like I just, I think it's so cool. But when I see really disciplined people, I respect it a lot. And so I think in the years, my mindset has definitely changed to one of like admiration and respect, the more disciplined people are, because I see that some of the greatest people that I admire have a ton of self-discipline. And, and I just think it's really about like, well, I have a quote. Let me, let me give you the quote that I wrote last night. I was just full of all these quotes that I'm like, I can just envision the, I would say memes, but not memes, like the quotes by Jody Grimm. But I was like, do hard things, do easy things, do them over and over and you will become greater than you were yesterday, but do them with vision behind them about how you want to live your life. And you're unstoppable in all of your pursuits, you know, like 
Like, yeah. yeah, love your husband, but love him for the right reasons. And according to how he receives love the best way and your relationship will just flourish. Like there's so much that it's like you can live unintentionally and still be successful, but add some intention to that and some commitment and some accountability and consistency. And there's like the, the growth is X is like just exponential. You know what I mean? And so I definitely love it. And I think I see more and more value out of it. And then I think we all have the desire to not, well, not everybody, but when I think of something that's an easy button or something that's like a pleasurable thing, I'm like, I don't want to be pulled by this. I want my logical brain to make a decision about it. And then my habits to follow through with it. So definitely I love the term now. And, um, I don't see it as a negative thing. Something I kind of wanted to go through is, so we say all these terms. And I think for a lot of people that aren't like us, it's like, okay, vision, discipline. Okay. But like, what is that? So I thought about kind of going through this for people and where do you start and where do you finish? What do you think of that? Do you think that's helpful? Yeah, totally. And I was just going to add, like, I feel like the older you get, you, you know yourself better and you know, what's attainable. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of 20 year olds go from like, you know, being sedentary to like running a marathon, (laughs) which is possible and it can be done, but you have to do so much work to get there. And, um, like in one of our early episodes, um, we talked about that goal, like, my friend who um, wanted to read 100 books a year and was just not getting anywhere near that and cut it down to 50 and then added in audiobooks and then she was hitting it so easily. Um, and so I think that I think that's going to apply to a lot of what we're talking about today. I think some people think that's like weak sauce or something, but I my old boss, Gordon McCallum at First Foundation was so annoyed at me because I love to set low goals and then knock them out of the park. And then I actually, from the, in, from how it encouraged me, I would set more and more and more goals, similar to that whole book thing. But when you yeah. talk about going from like at 20, I was 21 years old when I ran my full marathon. And then I was like pooping out something that looked like my liver at 38 kilometers because I had not properly done the things a person should do because I was arrogant about training. And so it's so funny. Like I literally was like the living example. And then I was like at the Shaw conference center in Edmonton, both ends coming out of everything was coming out of my body. It was like, (laughs) isn't this what happens when someone perishes, everything comes out of their mouth and their butt. I don't know. It was just, it was very dire. And so when you say that, I'm like, I was like the living example of not doing that. And I feel like we did marathons in different places at the same time. Didn't we do a little training or something? Yeah. 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 I just remember that now. Yeah, absolutely. And now that's one of my goals is to run a half marathon this year because I have done many and I know that that's something that I can achieve. I did broke, I broke a bone in my foot the summer of 2021 and have not really gotten back into running. Like I run, but I haven't done anything more than probably three or four miles since I broke that bone in my foot. And like my doctor gave me the clear a long time ago. And so I'm like, this is the year I need to like stop complaining about that little bone. It doesn't hurt at all anymore. And I just need to set an achievable goal. So yeah. 
And I love that. I totally love that. So basically I kind of, I kind of broke it down as, you know, a month ago or whatever, someone was thinking they see potential, they see an area they could improve and, or they want to grow in a certain area, um, or they want to go after something new, right? So you first kind of identify that there's something and then you decide I'm going to make a goal. And I think this is where a lot of people stop. I want to be thinner. I want to be faster at running or I want to be, I want my house to be cleaner. And the, and then all of a sudden it's January 5th and they're like, that's weird. My house isn't cleaner. Yeah. I haven't lost any weight. <laughs> I'm not thinner at all. I also think too, that we don't give ourselves enough. Like we don't add grace to the process. Like we look at the month and we're like, Hey, in January, I'm going to knock out this, this, this. And I think, like you said, as we age, how we know ourselves better. I know for myself, like I'm way more realistic now. Like my friend yesterday, my friend Angie, she was texting me. She's starting Gina Livy today too. And she was like, I just want to like hit the ground running. And I was like, that's so funny. Cause I would have felt like that. Like last year when I was starting January with Gina, I was like, I want to know everything. And now I like, I love that Gina has this prep week. Yeah. So like all I did yesterday to prep for this week was I was like, I should make my salads more exciting. I'm going to roast some chickpeas with like pressed garlic, nutritional yeast, salt and pepper and olive oil. And then I can add that to my salad tomorrow. That was all I did. I made sure I had like a, like Greek yogurt. I made sure that I have eggs. Then I have all my greens and vegetables in the fridge. But that's like, I don't cut anything. Like every, we make things so hard. And when we simplify them, we're more successful faster right? Like we make stuff so hard. So yeah, basically I think people make a goal and then they kind of stop. So then it's like, when you think about your marathon, that's like one of the best examples. Cause you're like, okay, what's in the gap between where you are today and running that half marathon, you have a date in place. Typically you could, right. If you have one that you like think is a cool one to do or a time of year that works for you. Yeah. And it's pretty clear okay, I haven't run. So I'm really starting from like couch to half marathon ish. You're active, but do you know what I mean? Like you, you can clearly see what's in the gap. So for you to make a goal around that's easy. It's just a list of tasks to check off. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then my favorite term, which I Googled it yesterday to see if it was a real term and it's not, but it's a sober commitment. Have you heard that before? I haven't. So basically this is where you take your feelings out of it. We all know I don't totally value feelings, although I know they are part of this. So I will say that before someone calls me out, but a sober commitment is what we talk about in coaching. So you're going to decide in January when you are of sound mind and body, you have good physical strength. You know that there shouldn't be too many things to impede you in your life. And then you make the commitment with this timeline in mind with these items on your task list, you know, like run, I do kilometers. So I'm like, I'm going to run three kilometers. I'm going to work to run 15 kilometers this week. I don't want, you don't want to get another stress fracture. You don't want to take it too far, too fast, right? You set sober commitments. What is reasonable? What do you think you can do? And then you do them even if you don't want to do them. Right. So it's like the the whole Gina Livy program. She's like, if not this, then what? when it comes to eating healthy. And that has made me not quit so many times because she's right. Nothing. I'm not going to go do keto. I'm not going to do Bernstein. I'm not going to just do 1600 calories a day because I've learned that sometimes I need 1800 and sometimes I need 1300. 
Yeah. Right. So it's like, how do you make a sober commitment? And then if like, for instance, I did a hundred day challenge of physical fitness. I think it was that 30 minutes a day is what I would do. There was nothing that got in the way of that. And the reason was, was each morning I was like, sometimes I would write out what I was committed to, but sometimes I'd be like, today, you're going to walk a half an hour. Like if I was day one of my period or something, I can always walk a freaking half hour. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to, but I did it. So it's like making the commitment when you have a sober mind frame of what you know is reasonable, what you know you can accomplish, and then you do it and you make space for it that day, whether you like it or not, because you made it when you were of a sober mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why we keep coming back to consistency. Like, I feel like a lot of people are using that word, especially this time of year. It's a, my best friend, Sarah, um, comes up with like a little kind of quote for her year every year in this year's consistency of, you know, sticking to these things that you say you're going to do. And for my husband, who is very free and kind of lives life in the moment, um, he has some goals that he wants to achieve. He is going to, he's doing Gina Libby with me and he has some goals he wants to achieve outside of that. And I've, had to remind him like you're not going to want to do some of this stuff it's like you're not waiting for this feeling like not everybody has this feeling of like i just want to go running every day or i want to do these things that uh you know i know are good for me not everybody has that feeling that they want to do it but it's just a commitment that you're making to yourself like the motivation is not always going to be there to wake up at 5.30 and get in your workout and drink enough water and, you know, do all the things that you say you're going to do. The motivation's not always there, but the the commitment and the consistency is what's going to get you to your goals. Well, and I think that's where a to-do list helps people, right? Because yes. we have a goal and you're like, yeah, I really want that. But if you know that you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm getting up at this time, I'm doing this thing because this goes back. This is what's in, in my gap. Yeah. Right. And so if I want to grow my relationship with God, I need to read my Bible and spend time in prayer, you know, not just like talk about God or listen to music, but like be with him. And so it's, it's like, we have to each look at that stuff. But I said to you before we were recording, I didn't get off to a great start this morning. And I, it's like self-sabotage sometimes I, it was, I was setting my alarm with a sober mind at, I don't know, nine o'clock last night. And I willingly set it for 6.20. If I set my alarm for 5.30, I'm like cooking with peanut oil. I am in I am in the zone. If I set it for 5.45, still doing really good. But today I didn't do that. And I'm like, that is the one thing that will ruin all of my other commitments. And sometimes I think we know we have one thing that if we don't commit to that, and it was because I I didn't feel like getting up at 5.45. Well, guess what? You never feel like it. <laughs> Going forward, my commitment, I'm saying it right now, is I will, and I don't snooze it. Once I'm up, once I hear it, like I just I sit up and I start stretching. That's like what I do. Do I want to keep laying there? Of course. Do I want to snooze it? Of course. But so that's something that I'm admitting right now is I can't let myself off the hook with that early morning because it just unravels from there. And that's unacceptable. 
like I said, I'm going to say it again, do hard things, do easy things, do them over and over and you'll become greater than you were yesterday, but do them with vision behind them about how you want to live your life and who you want to become. And you're unstoppable in every category. Truly. What is your word for the year, Lens? I forget. Transform is, is one of my words, but also consistency. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. funny, my, my friend, Lauren, she, I, I said something on a, a story on Instagram about having my word be consistency. And then she was like, sent me a picture of hers. And then we'd even bought like the same branded day timer. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're twins. Right. But I noticed, and that's why I want to lift, like lift weights, but I want to do it every day. I could literally do it at my desk while I'm brainstorming something. I want to do 10 minutes. Cause I want to, and then maybe next year I'll lift hard or lift heavy, sorry, or something. But this year I'm like, no, I just want to focus on building strength because last year I didn't do enough of that. But mm -hmm. I I also just want to, I've decided I want to grow that slowly, right? So sometimes you go big or go home, but sometimes you just kind of go a little bit slowly. I talked a little bit about athletes and what it takes to be great, but it takes sacrifice and discipline. And in our house, we preach, you don't have to be the most talented. You have to be the person who consistently shows up, tries, fails, keeps going with the habits that they decided with a sober mind was good for them. And I think that I like this because I want my kids to understand that I always tell them there'll be so many quitters around you in school sports and all those areas that they give into the, the fear, the anxiety, the self-loathing, whatever it is. And you'll end up coming out on top because you kept showing up. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's something I've been, talking about but I do think that yeah we do praise this I think is kind of yeah. what you were thinking too yeah I was I was thinking about how we like our generation was raised to believe that we can like have anything achieve anything like if you put your mind to it um that was just like something we heard all the time but nobody really told us how yeah that like we were praised for our achievements we weren't praised for our work and I, I've seen that shift over the last, you know, several decades. And that's something that we're really instilling in our kids too. It's like, yes, you can, if you put your mind to something, you can have it, but you have to do the work to get there. You it's, it's daily, you know, it's consistency. It's all these things we're talking about. It's being disciplined. Um, you can't just be decide to be the president of the United States. Like it takes, you have to start now if that's something that you want to do. You know, you have to work really hard and get into a good school and you have to join clubs and you have to, you know, you have to be basically unblemished like you can't because <laughs> they will find everything out about you. Um, I don't think either of my kids wants to be the president, but I've just told them, you know, it, it's going to take hard work and determination and you need to um, you just need to be disciplined. I think learning to praise them for the plan. Yeah. So you want that. Okay. What's your plan? Right. I think that's, I think that's a big deal. Absolutely. How have, how do you teach discipline to your kids? Like, do you guys have a, a plan for that? So I'm super passionate about this and I hope people are um, excited to hear this. And if people have ideas or want to DM me and chat more about it, I'm totally into that because I think it's um, just a great conversation. Um, it kind of started just like where giving them tasks and chores at like six and eight. Um, I was working out of the house. Jonathan was working, I think, kind of part time. And then all of a sudden we had this weird transition. 
I was still full-time and he got on full-time and all of a sudden like stuff just wasn't getting done at the house. And so it had kind of gone from like loose chores, like where we wanted them to, we wanted to encourage their growth to like, I legit need you to do this because we're a team. So it kind of had shifted a little bit, but what I noticed was they thrived they thrived under this new sense of ownership and responsibility. And it was really cool. I also noticed that once it was written on paper as a task, they didn't balk at it. Like they weren't like, oh, if I was just like, if every day I said to them at different random times, hey boys, can someone come empty the dishwasher? Hey boys, can someone come set the table? Did you do this? Or can you put your book bags away? Can you clean out your lunch kit? They would moan and be so annoying. And so I just thought they were annoying humans. Like, okay, well, there's, that's just, that's just kids. You know, we make all the, we say all these things, that's just kids or that's just my kid. And we label them like he's lazy or he's this, or he's grumpy or he's whatever. But because I needed the help and I was sick of the, you know, moaning and groaning, it's like when you want to shut off screen time, it's a lot easier that you set it up on an app to shut off on its own. than you have to be the one because they're associating you with like the fun police. Right. So basically it changes that mindset around the task. So I created kind of like a little chore chart. Yeah. Like they enjoyed checking it off. They enjoyed the responsibility of it. They started to take um, pride in kind of how they did their work. Right. Which was really cool. But then I wanted to take it a step further last year and create that kind of like how you have a mind body connection, but almost like an accomplishment plan connection And so Colston now is, they both get up early to go to skating and stuff um, in the mornings. And they've picked that because they want their time after school to be like really relaxed. So I'm like, okay, but then they want to moan and groan when they get up in the morning. But I'm like, you chose this. There's no sense moaning and groaning. And so then I kind of started to tell them about disciplines in life and how disciplines make you great. The world would say like freedom, but there's no real freedom if you're just like a bag being tossed by the wind, right? So Colston has now articulated that when he's skating down the ice and he's like on a breakaway about to score a goal, that all of the practice he put in is what got him to that moment of elation. And that's been a really powerful thing. Like when he doesn't want to get up, he's remembering now, this is what I want to do because I want to be great. And the people that aren't great are laying in bed. Like it sounds rude and it sounds elitist and that's not the goal. The goal is that he will see the connection between the plan and Mm -hmm. then the feeling of achieving or the feeling of strength or the feeling of whatever. So yeah. So then basically I told them last year, we break our, whether it's chores or whatever down to body, mind, and soul because kids, you start to notice, don't want to shower. They don't really want to remember to put on pit stick. Like I only have a 12 year old. So there's only one that needs pit stick at this time, but it's like, okay, so I get that you don't want to do these things and you don't want to brush your teeth in the morning. You only want to brush them at night. Like that was there. They just like, they really love that. They don't want to comb their hair, but all of a sudden you're like, you need to take pride in your, in taking care of your body. Like this is your temple. And what do you want to tell the world that you don't care about yourself or that how you smell doesn't matter or that being clean doesn't matter. And so we kind of talked about like the psychology behind some of this stuff with them, like loosely Mm -hmm. and, and they loved it. And now like, I still think someone doesn't wear deodorant all the time. I'm going to say that. I think that's like, it's not a totally necessary thing. It's kind of like intermittently necessary at this moment, but it's going to become 
really necessary. But all of a sudden, we said they had to shower every day in the summer. And then in the winter, it was every second day. And then pretty quickly, we were like, no, you need to shower every day. Well, then they started showering every morning, started doing their hair. Like, it was like, what is even happening? It was like, we all give them something and then they take it one step further. And I didn't even do that. Like, they did it. And now someone said yesterday, my son had combed and like combed over his hair for his hockey picture. And they're like, did you make him do that? I said, no, he did that on his own. And he wanted to, they're realizing that when they take care of themselves, they feel good. Yeah. So we really worked hard to attach the things together. And then when it came to like reading every day, I just said, you have to read a half hour every day. And like, honestly, they could do way more if I'm honest, but I did something where if they read five books, two could be those, um, cartoony, what are they called? Graphic novels? Oh, graphic novels. Yeah. Three had to be like a real novel of some sort. And when they did that, I would give them 25 bucks towards something. I was like, Kate, you read five books. I'm going to give you some money. But my whole goal with it is that they'll start to realize that they crave those things that they, they feel good when they brush their teeth. They feel good and clean when they have a shower. When you get into bed fresh in the summer, it feels so much better than getting into bed with like questionable feet. (laughs) Right. And then my favorite is that I started, like, I think about the Mormons, the Mormons used to go to Bible study or it wasn't Bible study. I don't know. It was like Joseph Smith study or something one morning a week. And those kids did it for 45 minutes or something. And their parents drove them. And I was like, wow, the discipline it takes to do that. And those kids held on to their faith. Like they really did. And so I was like, oh, as Christians, we don't force stuff like that on our kids. But what if I could create part of a mindset where they start to realize, like when I read the, the Bible or when I read my devotions or when I pray, like I feel lighter, I feel freer, I feel loved, I feel cared for. And so they started doing like, they both have Jesus always and Jesus calling where it's just a tiny little devotional. And then there's like three scripture verses at the bottom. And they do that. They do their devotions every night and they check it off. Like it's on their chore chart with brushing their teeth. And Colston has said, like, I feel better when I read this, like when I've had a bad day and I, and it tells me like, God loves me. And there's a purpose for my life that can't feel anything but good. So we've, my goal is that I know for myself, when I don't do that in the morning, I don't feel balanced. And I want them to start to articulate some of those things. Like faith, isn't just saying you're a certain religion or a certain faith or a certain relationship. It's showing up and spending time with God. And out of that flows self-control, you know, the fruits of the spirit, love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and Without that, it's just almost kind of fake. Yeah. You know, like, what do you think about that? Does that make me sound like a weirdo? No, I mean, no, not at all. And I, I had um, someone recently explain or, or kind of make this um, comparison of like a, a marriage relationship and a relationship with God. And like, if we if we are not like we all know if we are married that if you're not pouring into that relationship if you're not making intentional time with them if you're not doing things that you know you know make them happy then your marriage is going to fail if you're just always thinking about yourself or you're always going to them and talking about yourself and not asking you know that that relationship requires a lot of work and i think our faith requires 
doesn't require, that's not the right word because we have freedom and we can really do whatever we want, but to, to really get those benefits of our faith and those benefits of walking with God, like having the fruits of the spirit does require work and um, intentionality and just setting aside time to kind of deepen that relationship and deepen your knowledge. Um, so absolutely, totally agree with you. And I think, I think too, with that, if you aren't spending, like as a Christian who believes in a relationship with God, if, if I'm not spending that time connecting, it becomes religion. It becomes what I don't want it to be. And whenever someone's like, oh, you're religious. I'm like, no. And like my whole body cringes when someone says that. I'm like, no, like I spend time with God every day. And out of that, I'm changed. I am like, I'm, I'm different. In fact, I went into the woods mad about something. I don't even know. I feel like I was mad at my, my three guys here at this house. I don't know what I was mad about, but I went into the woods super mad. And I kind of started to just like angry pray. And then my angry prayers turned into like, kind of like thankful prayers, thank turn, you know, and by the time I got out of those woods, I was a different woman. And that is only a miracle from God. You know, like it literally diffuses me. And I want my kids, like I tell, I told Colston last week, we were talking about goals for the year. And I said, what kind of goals do you have? And we kind of talked about sports and we talked about different things. And then he said, I want to rage less because he's the one likely to like face turns red, like you guys are idiots kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, I want to rage less. Yeah. I said, I want to say less rude things about people, like judgy things. And he was like, yeah. And then I said, you know, the only, you know, we can decide to go skating. We can decide to, you know, go for a run or do stairs and that's going to increase our physical fitness, whatever I said, but the rage and the not like saying rude things, you know, I said that only comes from God changing us. Yeah. And I said, so we, that's something where we have to be like, God, I'm struggling with this rage or I'm struggling with mean things. And so kind of helping him realize that you draw from that strength in that relationship, in that time with God. And then that's the only way some of those things change, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't fake it. There's no yeah. faking it. Like, I'm not going to just like pretend to be nicer and be nicer because my insides are the same, but God will transform us and renew us. And it was cool because he's like, yeah, he saw that. Like he agreed that that's like, that's what changes you from the inside. So I think realizing we can have these outside external goals, we can have ways we want to grow ourselves, but you're right. It's like, think about that, that relationship. And to be honest, the whole marriage thing that we would like to talk about marriage in February, that's kind of on our docket for discussions and stuff but yeah like the most important relationships take work and initiation and showing up over and over and choosing to love choosing you know and your faith relationship is no different and when it's when it's not that it becomes rules it becomes religion it becomes tasks yeah Yeah. So yeah, I hope that that kind of like encourages people. Um, I just, I'm so passionate about this topic. I think there's stuff we could talk about it all day, but I hope that kind of helps people see that they can, they can do the things they want to do if they have the right stuff behind it. Yeah. I'm just so glad that I'm 
starting all of these new disciplines and habits because the last three weeks were were taxing. So this is a a breath of fresh air. And I hope that anybody listening that this doesn't feel overwhelming. Like I think we've stressed that setting attainable goals and appropriate goals for you um, is really the most important thing. So if if a, a goal should feel exciting, not not exhausting. So I think if I if my goals were too ambitious, I would I would feel anxious and just like not excited about this year. But I think the goals that I've set, I know that they're going to make me better and I know that I can attain them. And so it's, it feels really good and not not scary, not overwhelming. Well, and I think too, to invite people that, okay, some people started maybe January 1st with everything they were doing. So if they're listening to this, like, you know, January 11th, um, I would invite people like, like Lindsay just said, look at what your goals you've made in the last week and a half. And are there some that you're like, yeah, you know what? This one really isn't resonating with me. Make the decision to renegotiate your commitment. You know what? This commitment doesn't really resonate with me this year. And instead of feeling like I failed on it, I'm going to remove it. I'm going to see it as not valuable enough and remove it. Um, The other thing I was going to say is if you're someone like Lindsay, you guys lost Janie, your mother-in-law, just a year and four months, three months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you are someone just going through, you know, experiencing a loss, divorce, um, something in your life that's like some sort of grief process, I think in recognizing if this is the year that you don't make commitments, that's okay too. Sometimes we have just survival years. And I think recognizing that that's totally a part of the process of everything. And so for people kind of in either of those spots, it's never bad to renegotiate your commitment. You're maintaining control that you're still learning and growing, or maybe you're deciding that this year you're just going to have three Epsom salts bath a week and go for a walk every day. You know, like- those things that help heal you after you've come through a traumatic time or whatever. It's like, I always tell new moms, I'm like, don't make a ton of goals, you know, because yeah. yeah. everything is so hard. And so if you're someone coming out of or going through a hard time, work that into this and be a little less audacious, but create space to still care for yourself or the people you love, because all of that is valuable, right? Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in guys. We're super excited for this month. We're really focused on wellness and growth. And, um, I know, I think next week we're talking about protecting your peace, your mental peace and how to stay sane in January. And Lindsay, I've been watching romantic comedies and I could not have laughed more in the last week. Thanks to you and the advice on that, that, and I've told people and they love it. Love it the most fun and start a little bit with raunchy comedies. And then I'm like, I don't think this is what Lindsay meant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He started wedding crashers. And I was like, there are a lot of nipples in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jonathan's like, this isn't a romantic comedy. This is a raunchy comedy. I was like, Oh, we need to switch to like, you've got mail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I still recommend 21 Jump Street for anybody who needs a serious laugh. That's so funny. So funny. Love it. Love it. Have a great week, everybody. We love you. Thanks for tuning in.